1: Welcome to Stuff You Missed in History Class, a production of iHeartRadio. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Holly Fry, And I'm Tracy V. Wilson. And this week, we talked about Amy Levy, who somehow escaped both of our knowledge until this. Yeah, so you, uh, the first version of the episode outline that you sent to me was one that wasn't finished yet, so it didn't have the introductory uh, text in it. Um, So unlike normal, where if I don't, if I'm not already familiar with a person, that little introduction clues me in. I had no clue in, and so I started reading it like, who is this person? Their name does not ring a bell at all. I don't think I have ever heard of them. Reading, reading, reading. Vernon Lee? <laughs> I researched and wrote the the, the podcast episode on Violet Paget, also known as Vernon Lee. And I was like, okay, even having done that, I don't think this name rings a bell. So I stopped what I was doing. And I went back through my Vernon Lee stuff. And the only mention of her in the entirety of that research is in the footnotes of one biography and only one of those footnotes has any substance to it. Like, the other ones are most like, this letter was from uh, Amy Levy. And that's all that it's like. It's just clarifying who wrote a letter. And the, like, the one substantive note uh, just kind of sums up the, my read on on her uh, relationship, How however there's all kinds of relationships, but, like, it really read to me from having researched Vernon Lee and then having read what you prepared on Amy Levy that it seems like Amy was in love with her and that probably wasn't reciprocated. Yeah, And that just seems like what shines through from how each of them is discussed in work about the other one. Yes, for sure. And in that, um... Uh, The main biography that I referenced in that episode, there is also mention of at least one other person kind of in that social circle who similarly had some sort of crush on Vernon Lee. And Vernon Lee was in, at that point, a fairly long-term relationship, although not everyone knew about it. Like, it seems like Amy Levy didn't clue in that that was the case. Oh, no. Um. But it's, it's again, these are guesses based on what we know about her and them and at a time when people probably weren't being entirely, like, cavalier and open about discussing such things. So there's a lot of guesswork. But it, it seems like the, the, this would come up periodically for Vernon Lee where somebody would be like, but I'm in love with you. And she'd be like, nope. <laughs> yeah. But without saying, because I'm already in love with this person. Right. Um. So... It's all very fascinating. Yeah. Um, I really, really do quite, I mean, I I feel so fortunate that, again, uh, my friend Bernadette introduced me to this subject because um, I really have enjoyed reading Amy Levy's work. I mean, it's extraordinarily good. Um, You can also find online, there are um, uh, basically free audio, I think it's AudioVox that does them, audiobooks of her novels. Mm-hmm. So they're, e- they're easy to get access to them, which is really nice if somebody's curious. But, um, and they are, they're very, very, um, I mean, she was clearly very talented. And it is, I mean, I, I the thing that really made me go, whoa, was the fir- one of the first things I stumbled across was that Oscar Wilde oh, yeah. piece. And I'm like, to watch or to read him being so, you know, just heaping praise on on anybody and, you know, particularly uh, another writer. I was like, whoa, whoa, wait, really? Um, And then what's interesting is that going through newspaper accounts, she's everywhere. There was no lack of Amy Levy information in newspapers. And so she was very popular and very well known and then somehow just drifts off of the the mentions, yeah, early on. You and I talked about that some while we were while we were discussing my whole total surprise at the sudden appearance of Vernon Lee in the episode. Yeah, uh, <laughs> how it seemed like people d- like just didn't quite know how to process her death and how to talk about her afterward. Uh, aside from that round of speculation about what her reasoning might have been, yeah, which is always, I mean. That is problematic in so many ways to begin with, right? Mm -hmm. Like, trying to figure out why someone decides to end their life when you don't know is literally just guesswork, which becomes really, really dangerous. And I think, you know, in Clementina Black's Letter she makes the very strong case that I think people don't always think about of like this would actually be painful for that person to know mm-hmm. that people were making up these kinds of theories about them that right. could hurt their family right um so yeah i I was really, really glad that I stumbled across that particular article in a paper or that letter that had been published. yeah, it's a. Oof. It's a hard one, but also so good. And I really, her verse is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Um, I really enjoyed it a great deal. And like I said, I feel very foolish because I focused a lot on writers (laughs) from that time and place in college. And yet, nary a word that I can recall ever uttered about her. Yeah. And if you're a small business owner or even someone dreaming of starting your own business, then you'll want to check out Season 2 of Mind the Business, small business success stories from Ruby Studio, from iHeartMedia, and Intuit QuickBooks.
0: As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner.
1: Gene! Eugene Fodor! Gene! Was wooden.
0: Much of the joy you will find on the road comes from the person you share it with.
2: So you hide the books, Gene, and Lastor on the business. I understand now. It's a wise man, uh, marries a wiser woman.
0: But be careful and choose your travel partner well, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas.
3: Get down! I'm not stupid, Gene. Something is going on, and it's high time you tell me the truth.
0: Freeze, Americano!
3: Gene! Huh? Oh! Run!
0: So travel before it's too late. Your money will return. Your time won't. And we're all too quickly approaching that final destination. Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast in the United States and number 15 on business in the United States. So all you have to do is listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone, The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things
0: easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for
3: the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, chief marketing and growth officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar.
2: It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers that is the best
3: lesson. In these exciting times we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math and Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Tracy, we talked about some practical jokes and pranks this week. We did. I have so many thoughts. Yeah. Uh, I really thought the spaghetti tree one was a lot more recent than it really was. Somehow, like, I knew the basic lore of the spaghetti tree thing and that it had Mm. been a newscast and that there were some folks that believed the whole thing. But I really thought that was like a 1990s newscast, not a 1950s newscast. No. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think because it does come up a bit, I mean, that's more than 60 years old at this point. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know if you have the thing that I have where, like, time is real rubbery, where I'm like, the year 2000, that was like three years ago, right? So this (laughs) happens to me a lot. (laughs) Um, So that may be part of what contributes to it, but it has been talked about through the years, so I could see where you would think that was more recent. Mm -hmm. I will say, um, regarding Carberry... You know, his story is only eight years away, less than eight years, really, from its 100th anniversary. So I wonder if the people at Brown who keep that myth alive will do something spectacular for it. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, what's really, really interesting about his story (laughs) is that he does show up in a lot of perfectly uh, respectable places in print, in journals, in books, etc., And, like, I even saw a, I think it was a TWA ad where, like, the customer endorsement was by (laughs) Josiah Carberry about what a great service it was. Oh, wow. Which, I mean, it is very clear that, like, there are people who are alums who keep that story alive in other ways throughout. Mm -hmm. There is also a second version of it that we didn't get into it that popped up at Wesleyan which happened around the time that the professor that started it transferred to that school. So clearly this was his brainchild mm-hmm. and, like, has has populated throughout North America, at least, in a variety of ways. And I, I do love that there are people that love the story so much that they will try to wedge his name into places it maybe doesn't belong <laughs> <laughs> Um for the most part, it always seems like harmless fun. It never seems like they're trying to really undermine anybody. Um let me talk about Theodore, Hook. <laughs> yeah, so, um, when you <laughs> told me what you were working on for this episode, I was like, "Oh, yeah, I've had the burner Street hoax on my uh on my list for a long time, but every kind of every time I kind of looked at it, I was like, "Ah, oh, not quite enough there." And then we had a conversation about it. Mhm, and I probably could do as I said, an entire episode on Theodore Hook. Mm -hmm. But that would become a depressing episode of, like, a privileged person gets away with doing lots of crappy things and people celebrate him as a wit. Yeah, including (laughs) sticking his friends with the bill. I didn't like that. No, he did stuff like that all the time. And the thing was, like, listen, when I was younger, I was a little bit of a practical joker. I was that kid that got in trouble for doing things like... Um, you know, at one of our pre-graduation sort of solemn programs, I wore pig slippers under my gown and it made the principal real mad. Um, You know, I would do stuff like that. So there was part of me, particularly when they talked about his dad sending him to Oxford to try to get him on a real career path and him making jokes mm-hmm. during the entrance questions. I was like, oh, I completely identify with this person. And then as it unfurls and he becomes more and more of a pain in the neck to people, Mm-hmm. and thinks it's surely hilarious. I was like, I, I identify with him less and less. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I I do think it's a great disservice that we have no idea what happened with that poor woman after all of that madness at her house that she didn't ask for and had nothing to do with. Right, and, right. I mean, I, I really do, As as people <laughs> listen, I wonder if anybody did what I did, and I hope some people did, because it is very sobering to think about, like what if tomorrow morning you woke up at 5 a.m. with someone at your house insisting you had ordered a service and you finally convinced them that you did not and then 10 more people just like them with the same service show up Mm -hmm. insisting the same thing and then that happens for the next 13 hours. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't, I couldn't handle it. I would have a breakdown at around hour three. Yeah. (laughs) I would just completely fall apart. Well, and um, it's like today there are, uh, there are connotations that weren't so much a thing when it actually happened like people who've had to deal with identity theft yes um or <laughs> we had a whole big problem uh some time ago um at the you know before before our job was only doing podcast stuff we had two different freelancers who had the same name and a person Incorrectly merged their two things in the accounts payable system into one thing, and the the existence of two people with the same name like caused such a huge problem. Like those kinds of things were not uh, quite as present in the same way <laughs> as when this prank happened. I'm sure there were people with the same name in the 19th century, and it caused lots of problems, but like not in the way that a computer can propagate that problem to every possible place. Right? um, Yeah. Yeah. It seems like it would have been. And when you consider, right, all of the, um, the police presence that was required to deal with it, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like, X happened and a bunch of police had to go do that, which meant they weren't doing all of the other normal things they were supposed to do. Like, there's literally such a domino effect in every direction. Mm-hmm. And that one article we quoted talked about it. Like, those are doctors who were, like, not only giving up the hours to go see this person, but that meant they also couldn't get out of the street to go do their other visits to other patients that probably legitimately needed them. Right. Um, You know, similar things like that. And when you think about a tradesperson in 1810, they probably didn't have a lot of, like, wiggle room in their day in terms of, like, the amount of money they needed to make and the amount of appointments they needed to hit. And if they could not get out after they had already wasted X amount of time... yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a very thoughtful thing to do to a whole lot of people. Yeah. Well, I I feel like we might get emails from people who talk about protests blocking traffic, but there's a huge difference between protesting a serious social or political issue yes. and causing a problem just to cause a problem to for settle fun. a bet for, for fun. like five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <shimmers. laughs> yes. Yes. Um. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I sound like the crabbiest crab of Crabtown when it comes to pranks, but stuff like that is too much. Yeah. I just um tell me about spaghetti trees, but please don't block off hundreds of people's days. Yeah. yeah. Well, and uh there are enough pranks that seem really mean spirited to me that I'm like, this is not fun. And especially uh when people try to prank other people in the workplace, and it's like you're compelled to be there at work. It's not like you could just be like, "Oh, I'm checking out for the whole You might be able to if you have a really lenient boss." But like when people do mean pranks on their coworkers, yeah, it's not like, cool. Like just uh, don't do that. No. No. I think the meanest prank I ever did and I couldn't even like keep it going for more than seconds mm-hmm. was when I was in college and I was working with uh one of my professors on like my senior project which was a play and I um I had given her a card from me that said, like, guess who's pregnant? And she panicked. And I couldn't even, like, by the time she had opened the card, I was like, I'm sorry, it's not real. Like I couldn't, <gasps> yeah. I couldn't keep it going. I it did was... basically that same prank yeah. one time when I was in yeah. like my early, my early twenties, and I just I did not have my act together. My whole life was just like full of drama all the time. Uh, and I had this one particular friend that I talked to about all of these, you know, this perpetual dramatic chaos that was my life. Uh, and it was similar, like, less than a minute passed before I was like, no, I'm I'm not actually. Yeah, I can't. I can't do it. No. Uh, yeah, I don't like to cause anybody stress or fear. The, I am a bigger fan of surprises than pranks, right? Where, like, I, um, during that magical brief gap where it seemed like, we might be seeing the curb of the pandemic and people started traveling. We went to Chicago to see my best friend and we brought one of our other best friends who she's also close friends with, but she didn't know she was coming and like Mm -hmm. I remember hugging my best friend after I had gotten off the plane in the the baggage claim area and I literally just said look over my right shoulder and that was like a super fun surprise that I guess you could categorize as a prank but it wasn't really like but that is about as far as I want to go anymore in terms of surprising even good surprises can be dangerous Yeah, (laughs) and unexpectedly (laughs) stressful for people sometimes Yes, I have learned, although it had to be told to me explicitly, that my husband does not like surprises. (laughs) Uh, It it took me a while, which stinks because I am really good at surprising people, but... um, Yeah. he, He literally at one point was like... For his 40th birthday, I kind of went all out with surprise after surprise after surprise. And, like, we were traveling and people would show up. And at one point, he just turned to me and said, I'm really glad to see them, but you have to tell me if anything else is happening because I can't take it anymore. And I was like, "Okay, Um, (laughs) I have a list of things I need to inform you about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, take into account how the surprised person would feel. Uh, and certainly triply so if you were going to try to do a practical joke or a prank because yeah, they're not for everybody. No. Uh, yeah, just be everybody be nice to each other.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Seems so simple. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. We hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead. Uh, and if you have time off, that it is restful and delightful and that you have only good surprises and they are at whatever level you are comfortable with. If you do not have time, Mom, we hope that whatever is going on in your life goes smoothly and that everybody is kind to you. We will be right back here tomorrow with a classic episode, and then we'll see you again on Monday with new stuff. Stuff You Missed in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
3: apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast i am the ferryman
0: in the shadows of the afterlife the ferryman of souls guides america's most influential spirits to their eternal rest
2: where are you taking me
0: are you death this
3: road is not on any map how much for a ticket